Hello, everyone. Hello. And welcome to episode 51 of the D&D Music Factory podcast. I am David. And I'm Dan. Dan, tell everybody what we will be breaking down today. So this week, we are talking, we're talking about heartbreak. We're talking about men who ain't shit. We're talking about women who ain't shit. Yep. No we're scrubs. counting down our 10 favorite breakup songs. These are the songs that either you're looking to, you know, cry out some feelings, mm-hmm. get some emotions out, or you're looking to like, you know, fuck them, fuck this, yeah. flip a table over, mm-hmm. go out, catch you some strange mm-hmm. and, you know, get back, get back to it. Get your, you know, when Stella's trying to get her groove back. Yes. Basically. Yeah. And we all um, wanted her to. That was, that was a really important time in our childhood. It was. It was big. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she did. It was important. That was when everyone was calling people da bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if they, I mean, some people deserved it. Some people were da bomb. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. There's, there were people like that. Um, so, yeah, this is these are the songs that either help get you through mm-hmm. or that help. I guess they all help get you through, whether it be yeah. some of these are angry, spiteful sort of tunes. Some mm-hmm. of them are kind of, you know. Songs that you you wish you had someone back, but you know you'll move on eventually. Yeah, everybody has that first couple first couple days where you're like, oh, this is the worst thing that could ever happen to me, and then yeah. it's like, no, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know. Then after a few days, few weeks, you start to see the cracks, and you're like, yeah, I guess that was kind of shitty. Yeah, yeah. You start to see the forest through the trees a little bit, or like even if you got dumped, you're like, I mean, I used to do this a lot. <laughs> like I could see why this person didn't like it. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I definitely, I definitely did never consider anyone else. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's absolutely some self-reflecting that goes on in that point in time. Oh, but, there has to. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think we we did a good job of capturing the full range of emotions, like you said, the the anger, the uh, depression, the like. What are the uh, other? What are the other steps? The the acceptance. Acceptance. <laughs> <laughs> one of the other 12 um and then there's also the moments too where you're just like flaunting that you're you know you've moved maybe you've moved on faster yeah or maybe you didn't look maybe, what you missed out on and yeah yeah exactly so there, there's there's a whole lot of uh different feelings that go into this and nothing uh, better than seeing an ex and they look worse yeah nothing better yeah you're like decision confirmed i uh i'm gonna keep my mouth shut yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm, we're not looking to bash people yep, here, but yep, totally not saying anything about that. It's just, um, it's great. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this is uh definitely not as cheerful as the last few episodes that we did, but you know what? Every once in a while, we've got to you know we've got to look in a different direction, and uh, yeah, sometimes you got to play in the mud, get yeah, a little dirty. There's sad, there's sad feelings, there's sad songs. We can't all, we can't just have fun all the time. This is real life. <laughs> you think this is a game? Yeah. yeah, in the words of the immortal DMX, yeah, you think this is a game? Yeah, no, the, yeah, I mean, like you know, the, the, did you say R.I.P.? Yeah, he's dead. I yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's real dead. <laughs> I forgot he was dead. He's real dead. Um, yeah, so it's it's definitely not going to be as cheerful of an episode, but I think we we put a pretty great list of songs together. I think some um, of these some of these you're going to feel empowered though. You're going to feel yeah. good. You're going to feel better. Definitely, even. yeah. Yeah, I mean that's part of it too. Some like of them you'll feel worse. Yeah, so or <laughs> you'll either feel worse or you'll relate or yeah, you'll, you'll feel seen. Be going through it now. Hopefully not, but you know, if you are, then uh, you know, hopefully the, this stuff helps you through it. So you'll definitely feel seen. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bolster you back up. Get the fuck back out there. Yeah, yeah. Consider us your confidence boost. Yeah. 
All right, so uh, what kind of B-sides did you have this weekend? Oh, my God. So yeah, I have right so many. Like yeah, This too. was probably the most. So I guess I'll, I'll start off just with a couple songs that I didn't put because I already used them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the greatest mm-hmm. breakup song of all time is Never Meant by American Football. Yeah. I mean, it's just – Yeah. It's sensitive, but it's – It's sensitive, but it's direct. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a realistic look at young love. Yeah. Of just like, yeah, man, like it's it's no one's fault. It's it's just over and we just need to move on. Yeah. Um, that I think is really good. Um, the opposite of that is Justin Timberlake's Cry Me a River, a spiteful, bitter song that he has come out since and apologized. Yep. Uh, for making fun of Britney Spears about. Even though I don't think he made fun of it. Like, I don't think he did anything wrong with that video song. Yeah, I don't really either. I mean, I think it was just people didn't like people making fun of Britney anymore after that doc came out. It's hard to be a celebrity in a relationship with another celebrity because if you mistreat them in any way, their fans are going to be furious. Yeah, like, oh, dude, all the like the the Swifty attacks from yeah those people to anyone Taylor Swift wrote songs about. And then there was like the uh, the Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber thing where he what was the one the song he wrote about her like. think you should go love yourself yeah about how like just like even my mom didn't could tell that you were not a good person yeah and then that's it's just like that's when it gets a little weird you're like oh shit like that's really we all know who that's about and also coming from beaver is awesome. yeah it's rough. also like yeah you're a piece of shit um johnny cash cry 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 mm. kind of an old throwback one yeah um also one that really i wrestled with for most of the day of putting on the list uh marvin Gaye's i heard it through the grapevine yeah I feel like it's not quite a breakup song, more as more of a I found out you're cheating on me song. Yeah. Um and yeah, so I, I didn't want to put it on there. Um also, you know what, man? I really like that uh like this is gonna be really funny to you, I think. Maybe. But I really like those uh those two Olivia Rodrigo songs. Dude, I love them. That good for you and driver's license. I said that I'm at the, like Dude, at during the uh the year end list, I was I was I was like, I don't know what to say, but this girl's gonna be around for a while. I think were my exact words. I said she's not really, going away. They're really they're, big, they're very simple, but they're very like I yeah, I know, and it's like it's a combination of like a Paramore and Alanis Morissette ripoff at the same time. Yeah. It and just works. I, I love it. It does. Yeah. It just works. It's so catchy. Like you could just picture every teenage girl screaming it in their car. Yeah. You're like, this is it's legitimate. She, she's gonna get a lot of kids through breakups. Um basically the whole um the whole I guess uh, I'll just say the whole uh, album of Tell All Your Friends could just be on this list. You could just put yeah. the whole record on there. Yeah, that's that's pretty true. Uh, yeah. Misfits, Die, Die, My Darling. Oh, I forgot about and that. And then I guess I'll end it with one of my favorite breakup songs. I didn't put it on here because I didn't want all slow, sad songs for this. Yeah. Uh, Bonnie Raitt's I Can't Make You Love Me Ooh, is great, one of the greatest great breakup love songs ever. Man. It's so dark. The piano is so good. And it's just a it's it's like Bonnie Raitt's like biggest hit ever and kind of unlike every other song she's ever written. Yeah. Usually much more of a blues rock and roll guitar player. Yeah, that specific 90s sound. And it's that 90s yeah. electric piano Bling, bling. like it's so but it's such a powerful song yeah of just the the phrase of just i can't make you love me if you don't yeah that you're like holy shit man um that i love that a lot but i didn't want to bog everybody down with it 
Yeah, we're gonna be doing plenty of that though. Don't worry. So, uh, and then also the the most the song I also didn't put. I wanted to put because the lyrics are so funny. But uh, "Radio" by Alkaline Trio. Just a little song about how I wish you would take a radio to bathe with you, plugged in and ready to fall. But out of all the songs, so I listen to like insane death metal, really goofy, crazy shit with a lot of insane lyrics, like suitcase full of guts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it is the most horrific lyric to open any song is just shaking like a dog shitting razor blades. Whoa. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, this kind of like. Hey, hey, hey. Like, it's this really easygoing kind of breakup tune, but it just starts really rough. And, like, Jesus. you're immediately just like, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> um, so that's the ones that miss for me, Dave. How about what uh, what songs miss for you for breakup tunes? All right. So, again, this is a combination of Just Missed and uh, tracks we've already named. Uh, so you use Self-Control by Frank Ocean, which I think is a, mm-hmm. a great one. Pretty much um, almost any song on that really, record. Yeah, really any, really any Frank Ocean song in general, because yeah. also Thinking About You, they're all, yeah, they're all basically sad uh, breakup songs, essentially. Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac, one of the one of the greatest breakup songs ever written. Um, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> what is it? Uh, some of the best records ever are written about a breakup. Yeah, rumors. Think about Fleetwood Mac. Rumors. <laughs> nope, nope, it's all true. All true. It's all true. <laughs> Um, we already I already used uh, Maps by the AAS uh, Don't Speak by No Doubt um, It's Too Late by Carol King uh, Pretty much every Adele song uh, But specifically someone like you uh, I've already used You've Lost That Love and Feeling by the Righteous Brothers From the, uh, the songs people sang in movies With Top Gun mm-hmm. uh, Neither One of Us by Gladys Knight And the Pips um, Let's see here Since You've Been Gone, Kelly Clarkson I had that Yep. I had that on my playlist that I was using. I was like, it's just such a great tune. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Like, it, who it, hates it, that song? I man. know. It, it it just missed for me. It's got um, just enough rock for, yeah. the, for the rock people and just enough pop for the pop people. Yeah, it was perfect. It's I mean, it was, it was a great hit. And she's she's doing so well now, too, with all those Wayfair commercials, man. Yeah, that man. That girl's still doing and stuff. And she has, she has that fucking TV show. Yeah. That, uh, I sent you the video the other day yeah. of her doing uh, 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 escape ex- music, exit music for a exit film music for, for, film. for Radiohead. Yeah, it was incredible. She's, that she did great. Yeah, she really did. She can still sing her ass off. Man. Yeah, she's I mean awesome. there was never any doubt that that was going away. But yeah, she she's uh she's she's out there doing things. I hope it's she great. takes over the Ellen show when that bitch Ooh, leaves. I'd be cool with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because from all accounts, Kelly Clarkson's sweet as pie. She's, yeah, seems awesome and she's super talented. Yeah, she's and not just an awkward mean person who dances. Yeah, and yeah, agreed. Fuck Ellen. Yeah, stop mistreating your workers, people. Um, all right, and then the three that were the closest, uh, Mariah Carey, We Belong Together. I just can't, I talk about her all the time. Uh, Bonnie Vare, Skinny Love, and then the the closest was New York by St. Vincent. Um, really, really great song. It it just missed. It would it would have been too sad if I included that one too. That's the one off of uh, Mass Seduction. Mass Seduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great song. Yeah. New York, New York is New York, New York without, without you, love. love. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah, She's, I was thinking that if we ever do sad songs, I'll definitely have to put that. What's don't, that? No, don't don't give it away. Okay. don't right. give it yeah. away. I know, I know what you're talking about. The other song on that record, yeah, yeah. that's I know, like I know what you're talking about. Oh, it's soul crushing. It's yeah, it is soul crushing. Yeah, yeah. And we'll do we'll do that one day, but we'll probably have to jam. Yeah, we'll like space four, it out between four hundred <laughs> <laughs> between this. We'll do and most that, fun yeah. songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, cool. So, Dan, why don't you kick us over to your number five pick? Number five for me comes to us from the late year of 2018. 
This is off of the album my or the EP, I guess, technically. Uh My Dear Melancholy. This is from the weekend. The song is called Call Out My Name. Um, this is if anyone, if you were one of the people that worked with me, you would know I was playing this record all the damn time when this came out, man. I was so into this EP. I loved it so much. Uh the consistent tone, the fact that it was like way more electronic like his early records like trilogy mm-hmm. and uh and kissland's like it was sad and Kiss melancholy Lance. like he moved out he moved back out of like the pop element he was working with on the last few with like starboy and uh and uh whatever blinding lights was on i forget the name of it right now well that was that was after the blinding lights um, yeah that's what i meant oh i thought you said after no I'm no sorry, no, sorry that sorry. he moved out of that he did um after this with or shit that he did with like uh I can't think of it. Beauty Behind the Madness, sorry. That he did uh, with Beauty Behind the Madness and Starboy. Whereas this is much more, it's like the whole thing's very like downbeat and kind of sparse. Yeah. Like there's all this empty space in it. And it's it makes the vocal so much longing, yeah. so much more a sound of longing, I guess yeah. is how it how it's, I would put it. Yeah, it's far more wicked game from him than it yeah. is uh, Blinding Lights. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the slower. This is not out. a dance yeah. track. No. This, this is this is that like baby making R and B. Yeah. Kind of like oh uh, dude like this this man is like singing from his soul. The multi track of all the backing vocals just being him mm-hmm. is so good. Um, I feel like production on this is nuts. I really really love it. Um, it's really like synthy and dark and kind of muddy sounding, mm-hmm. uh, which some people in reviews were like, oh, it sounds kind of muddy and dark. And I was like, that's the whole point. The record's yeah. called My Dear Melancholy. Right. Yeah. What like, did you want it to sound like? You want bright, sparkly production? Like, that's yeah. bullshit, man. <laughs> like, if I name my record In the Swamp and you're like, sounds kind of sludgy. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, dickhead. Wonder why. Um, so with this album's release, this is kind of a cool thing that I had never seen happen before. Um, that he released a music video for Call Out My Name and Try Me that was a vertically oriented music video that was released directly to Spotify so you were to watch it on your phone. That thing is pretty fucking funny, man. Like, that had never really happened before. Like, a, a 16 by 9, but vertically oriented. Pretty funny, but very smart, because I think uh, marketing data would tell you that most people open things on their phones now yeah like, like it's silly to when there's a things. link yeah. and you're trying to release something i'm not oh let me pull my laptop out right i like no i just whip it out on my phone exactly yeah yeah let me just whip this out mm-hmm. on my phone um <laughs> this song also as we were speaking before this is also a song that is allegedly about selena gomez um and the weekend's relationship with her interesting um, there are later references on this record to Operations, which at the time Selena Gomez had like a kidney transplant. Um, so me. there are some references later in this album about that. Um, even some of the production on this record even features members of Daft Punk. Um, this was so cool, man. It's the only EP the weekend ever released, which I find pretty interesting. That that, interesting. Uh, everything else was either full albums or mixtapes. This is yeah. considered the only EP. That's cool. And I think it's not traditional. Uh, format for a pop star yeah for pop r&b like yeah. that kind of i mean he's pop he's not r&b yeah. r&b is where they put him because they're like oh well he was in the beginning he was much more pop or much more r&b in the beginning than he was very pop. much so yeah, yeah. especially because you know blinding lights is like 
That's as pop a song as you can pretty much. Make. Yeah, you you can't. The, it was made in the lab to be the biggest pop song in the world, and it was. Yeah, like it literally Yo, fulfilled back, its purpose. Back in the lab. Yep. Um, <laughs> just me and Max Morton. Always, mm-hmm. always a guy with a fucking yeah, with a pop filter made of pantyhose. Yeah. Yo, back in the lab doing what we do. <laughs> uh, so, with that, Dave, uh, what is your number five song for breakup tunes? All right, up at number five for me is End of the Road by Boys to Men. The first of one of a uh, few trips back to the 90s for this smooth jam. You know that what this is, is, baby. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you could be making love to it, but you won't be because it's about breaking up. <laughs> um, it, it, I mean, it's like one of the most important breakup songs that have come out in our lifetime. Boys to men, anytime you can throw them on a lift, a lift, a list, and it's appropriate, it's kind of hard to leave them off. Um, Absolutely. So this came out actually on the soundtrack for the movie Boomerang in 1992, which I didn't know. I thought it was released on one of their records. Um, yeah. Written by the hit, speaking of Max Martin, the hit-making trio of Babyface, L.A. Reed, and Daryl Simmons who also wrote I'll Make Love to You for them, which I didn't realize. Um, but it's okay. not that surprising because they wrote every fucking big song back then. Yeah, so. I mean, they're a pretty big pretty big uh, powerhouse there. Yeah, they all, they also wrote we, we Belong... Or no, they didn't write We Belong Together by, by Mariah Carey. But that's another connection. Uh, there's a couple connections to them in this... Trying to remember all of them. In the Mariah Carey song, she says, and I'm now I can hear Babyface on the radio, which yeah. is pretty funny. Um so this song spent 13 weeks at the top of the Billboard Hot 100 chart, which at the time was the uh, the longest of all time. Oh, it was broken the same year by Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You, another breakup song in its own right, another huge song, another one we've already used. Yep. Um, so couldn't, couldn't talk about that. But then the following year, they brought it back and took the record back with Mariah Carey, previously mentioned, for... Um, Fucking what's it called? Uh, Once we day and went up at 16 weeks. Another song that we used previously. Yeah, another song we used previously. For so the yeah, duets. This whole podcast is coming full circle on our almost first year anniversary. Um, it was. What if re- we just did every episode again? <laughs> <laughs> Which is a whole new list. Yeah. yeah. Um, that would be pretty funny, actually. Let's see. It was ranked by Billboard as the sixth most successful song of the decade from ni- 90 to 99. And it also ranked at number 55 on Billboard's uh, all-time top 100 songs, um, which is pretty pretty high, uh, even for Billboard. Um, so the song being written by a production team makes it feel like you know it probably doesn't necessarily come across the same way lyrically. But uh, but both uh, Babyface and uh, Daryl Simmons were going through a divorce at the time when they okay. were writing this, so it was very true to what they were they were feeling they just you know when you get boys and men to sing it's obviously yeah. come across a lot more powerfully yeah yeah the weirdest part about this song and i mean maybe just everybody's different but when he's just like i don't even care that you've been cheating on me i still want to be with you and it's just like yeah i, I would i would care hand up i would yeah. care about that care a little yeah care, you can care about that that's fucking not- simp yeah, it's, not, it's not. It's not weird to care about. To care about that. What Just putting cuck. that out there. Yeah. What a liberal cut. <laughs> God damn it. Um. Yeah, it's just. I mean, they're just a sweet, sweet, 
anti-baby making music coming across as baby making music. It's really conflicting that they yeah. that they could basically put like a Barry White track. Tra- like, could you picture like how funny? Like, you know, there's weddings where people dance to this for their first song. Yeah. Things they just don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, oh, it's just a romantic, nice song that we all like. And like, you're like, like when, when those like uh, super crazy fucking MAGA people at the election were dancing to Killing in the Name by Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, you have no fucking idea you're what like, that's about. What do you think the machine is? Yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, Reagan using like Born in the USA. Right. Like, yeah. That's you like, know what this song's about, bro? That's the opposite like, of what you're trying to get across. This song isn't about being born in the USA and loving America. <laughs> yeah. Like, the song is literally the opposite. Yeah. Um, yeah. But It's like people dancing at their wedding to, like, songs off of rumors. Like, there's a whole record about infidelity. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. It's very strange. Just put on just put on One Sweet Day and dance that. I know that's yeah. not a fun love wedding song either but it's <laughs> definitely better than the song about somebody leaving you after they cheated on you yeah and then being gone forever and you being heartbroken about it it's true it's inappropriate that's inappropriate yeah stop doing it if you're if you're out there slow dancing to this figure it out all right figure it, figure out. it out um all right cool so uh don't really have much more to add to this one the lyrics you can you can pretty much figure out what this is about when you read them and hear them all right, Dan, uh, why don't you take us over to your number four pick? All right. So after these two sad, sad tracks, I'm bringing this back up. This is from 2002, the peak of pop punk in America. This is off of Sticks and Stones. This is Newfound Glory's My Friends Over You. I mean, you can't spell breakup without pop punk. No, you can't. It is. It's what you said earlier this is what starts the bands yeah you can't start a pop punk band until the girl you really liked dates the jock yeah dumps or rejects you yeah yeah she Um, she has to leave you for the the jockey guy and then you get your heart broken in quotations uh can't really happen when you're like 14 but whatever um yeah that's how it starts that's how it all begins there's only two options you have when you get dumped you could turn into a weird incel or you could start a pop punk band yep Bingo. And Newfound Glory chose pop punk bands. Yep. Um, so I feel like this is, though it's maybe not the most mature look at a relationship or a breakup, sometimes, man, you just want to rage out and just yeah. and just flail a little and be like, yeah, man, fuck that. Like, mm-hmm. no, like, you know what? I'm tired of this bullshit. Like, I'd rather just have fun and go about my life yeah. than deal with this shit more. It's a good way to move on to you saying like, you know what? I still have my friends over you. Like I'm still, you know what? I was right about that. I, yeah. I, I always I, knew I liked like, them you're better. Not, you're not all I have. Mm-hmm. Like I can move on from this. I'll be better off. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I saw this band perform at the Skate and Surf Festival mm-hmm. in 2014. And it was the most fun push mosh I've ever been involved with. Really? So many bros getting out so much of their feelings to this song. <laughs> it was hilarious. That's pretty funny. Um, there were jorts everywhere. It yes. was nuts, man. It was so fun. Um, they brought a couple that was getting married at the hotel next to the stage. Okay. Out onto the stage. Oh, my God. And it was like this brunette woman with long brown hair and this really jacked dude with his head shaved. And so they, like, brought them out, and they're like, oh, do you, Stephanie, take Triple H to be your lawful wedded husband? <laughs> it was, like, hilarious. That's really um, funny. And then the guy goes, I want to see a circle pit. Oh, and nice. Chad Gilbert starts playing Walk by Pantera. And the <laughs> whole place awesome, went actually. into a circle pit. It was incredible, man. But this, I feel like, is the anthem for the get over the breakup. You know what yeah. I mean? 
yeah. grab your grab your bros, go mm-hmm. out, crush some brews, mm-hmm. have a good time, forget all that shit. It's over with. Yeah. You need to move on. Get get over it, man. Yeah, just get over yeah. it, get past it. Yeah. And just live your life. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's why I had to pick this song. It's just it's a perfect a perfect, you know. <laughs> adolescent look at a breakup yeah of that like if you were 14 when this song came out like we were it couldn't have been more perfect yeah like you felt you fucking felt these words man it was so real to you and it's still real to me damn it um (laughs) so i don't know why it just reminded me of this but do you remember when uh they used to have the best western hotel at the oh yeah dude yeah they would do karaoke karaoke. oh yes so one time i was there and it was packed and there was this guy and i forget what song he did but it was like super depressing and everyone just kind of like looked around and his buddies were at the bar just like shaking their heads and they were just like oh we're sorry guys he just broke up with his girlfriend (laughs) it was just like everyone was just kind of like oh my funny story was i was there with uh tony didamizio and this girl got up and did her third Evanescence song in a row. Queen. And it was Bring Me to Life. Queen. And he got up with her. And she was like, <laughs> wake me up. And he grabs the legs like, wake me up. And was doing the guy parts to it. Jesus And Christ. she looked furious. Good. She was so upset. It was Good. very funny. You um, notice who didn't make our list of uh, female-fronted bands last week? Yeah. Fucking Evanescence. And I mean, there's... There's nothing worse than being at karaoke with a person who's taking it very seriously. Very seriously and likes new metal. That is, I don't know. I don't know. I, you're just, it just stinks that that person wasn't working at Best Buy that night. Although, if a woman got up and started doing a song off of Kitty's first album, Spit, I would probably have to marry her. Okay. And fair. would think that was the funniest thing I could ever witness in my life. Yeah, probably. Like if that happened when, in a place I was in, you would just be down, was like, popping bah. it out. Dude, You'd have like, the ring ready. Yeah, like I, yeah. I would immediately get in my car and drive to the nearest like <laughs> pawn shop, and be like, "What do you got on deck?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, so with that, Dave, what is your number four pick for a breakup song? All right, bringing us back down. Uh, up at number four for me is "Unbreak My Heart" by Tony Braxton, my favorite karaoke song to sing. Um, because there's nothing like a good song with a girl singing in a male register. Because um, there aren't too many there of those, so of I like to take advantage of it when it gets there. Yeah, get it. It's just a it's a beautiful song. Uh, she really does just fucking crush it in this song. Her voice is incredible, and it's obviously uh, you know unbreak my heart. It's it's a it's a breakup song. <laughs> um, this if you is from, couldn't tell, if you couldn't tell, yeah, it's from her second studio album, Secrets, which came out in 1996. Uh, the song was written by Dan- Diane Warren and produced by David Foster on, get this, Love Face Records, Babyface and L.A. Reid. Uh, Almost like they were kingmakers in the 90s. In the 90s. Um, so full circle with them again in this episode. Um, Diane Warren being a very accomplished uh, songwriter in her own right. Um, did a couple songs I think we've talked about on this podcast already, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to look it up. Um, this song has single has sold over 10 million copies worldwide, uh, nearly 3 million in the United States alone, which puts it as one of the highest selling singles ever. Yeah, it's um, a banger, man. Yeah. Um, so the rumor is that uh, that Diane Warren presented it to Tony Braxton, and she initially hated it. 
and didn't want to sing it. And Ellie Reed had to like, like convince her basically. Listen, <laughs> like you don't understand. This is a fucking hit. Um, and so he finally was able to convince her to do it. And so she finally agreed to do it. And now it's probably her signature song. Obviously, it was the most successful on this record. And uh, it's probably the one that she's probably she's most um, most known for at this point. Um, oh, Diane Warren wrote "I Don't Want to Miss a Thing" by Aerosmith, which we talked shit on multiple times because it's the only one that they got to number one and they didn't write it. Oh, yeah, that she's the one that wrote that. Um, she also wrote "Because You Loved Me" by Celine Dion. If I could turn back time, by Cher. Uh, oh shit! Yeah, she's pretty. Like, yeah, I, what's dude. what I mean? She's. She's a very accomplished songwriter. I mean, that's that's the greatest share song to yeah, me. Yeah, you don't like Believe? No, I'm just kidding. Oh no, yeah, I got lost there. Yeah, Believe is the one I think I like the most. Yeah, you're yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're they're right. both good though. Yeah, I mean this is now it's just getting to the part where she's doing just like the falsetto and head voice and like the little flamenco guitar plays in this. It's just it's romantic as fuck. Man. It is. It's another like kind of baby making breakup. I feel song. like I feel like these two are almost like a. They're almost like a I want you back vibe. You know it's, what I mean? It's like far more desperation. Like this is yeah. this is like a breakup that was not my choice. Agreed. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? Like totally. This is, these are like songs for the dumped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. To was that Reggie? Ben Folds. Oh, that was. Yeah. I don't think it was Reggie in the full effect. Um, yeah, and it's also weirdly like uh, like it's it sounds like the backing music you would have playing at a like a massage place or like a spa. <laughs> Like yeah. this is one hundred percent like the like the relaxing music they would there, have when there they're is asking 100%. you what scent uh, you want in the room when they're providing. There's definitely an elevator version of this song. Yeah, that plays in some JC Penny. Yeah, and and <laughs> I bet you could do it, and people probably wouldn't even notice. No. Yeah, because it's really there's really not much to it other than her voice. Yeah, like it sounds like if you did this, if this was instrumental, yeah. it would still work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. God, I love this song so much. Um, you remember Tony Braxton put out an album like I want to say like two years ago now. Yeah, I think you're right. That she tried to, but like, dude, there's like mad cursing and like it's fucking dirty, dude. Really? Yeah, like, like I always thought dirty. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, like I always thought it was like, oh, she's like one of the divas from the '90s. Yeah. She's like, you know, above that. If yeah, you, will. you would think so. But like, no, like, dude, the record's all like, to that? I'm gonna throw it back, clap these cheeks, like it's like Nicki Minaj type shit seems like a weird career choice to do that in your 60s she's 60 i don't know that's just a guess she still looked pretty good from well i'm not doubting that i'm just just it's just a weird backwards timeline to me it is a little odd you're not wrong all right well dan why don't you take us over to your number three pick all right number three for me is another little bit of a downer. Um, this is from 2008. This is off the album The 59 Sound by the Gaslight Anthem. And the song is called Here's Looking at You, Kid. Um, obviously, the line lifted from the end of Casablanca. Um, the famous Humphrey Bogart line to uh, Great movie, actually. Lauren Bacall. Yeah. Um, of all the gin joints. Yeah. We'll always have Paris, baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is... It's a song that's sort of about like, um, it's it's not a single relationship. It's almost an amalgamated story about multiple people who have left him or not, 
have unrequ- he has unrequited love for. Gotcha. Um, lyrically, I mean, so if you don't know the Gaslight Anthem, I almost think that's insane. But like, very Bruce Springsteen-y. Um, the way I heard them described was if social distortion started in the heartland. Um, they would they would have sounded like this, huh? Um, which I think is pretty funny. That is funny. Um, and then this is very Bruce Springsteen, like in their songwriting, in their lyricism. Yeah. Um, this song, I mean, tell her I spent every night of my youth on the floor, uh, bleeding out from all these wounds. It's 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 incredible, man. The, the lyricism's dark and rough and not even angry, but more very melancholy. Uh, that I really connect with. I think that's it's that's me to a T, man. Um, <laughs> their lead singer's name Brian Fallon, who writes most of their songs. Um, and this song, oddly enough, uh, this band was uh, performing in 2009. Uh, Bruce Springsteen appeared with them at the Glastonbury and Hyde Park Festival. And after he did that, the sales of their album doubled. Really? Um, immediately following that. Oh, it definitely would. I mean, um, that's a, that's like a. If you were a Bruce fan and you you most likely hadn't heard this band. Yeah. And then Bruce came out and went, "Oh, these are my boys. You should check them out." Yeah, I mean, that'd and then be like having like, like a YouTube series, and then fucking Robert De Niro's in an episode. Yeah. People will be like, "Wait, what? I gotta watch this." Yeah. <laughs> There's a podcast that Robert De Niro showed up on. Yeah. Oh, I guess that would have been more appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I think this and this song it ends with the phrase, "Here's looking at you, kid." Mm-hmm. That's just brilliant. And the only thing, the only takeaway from this, the only downside is that this song doesn't end the record, which oh, is a yeah, huge mistake. Right. Um, because this song it ends on such a perfect romantic kind of melancholy ring out right and, and it should have closed the record and it's the end of it's the closing line yeah, of the movie it's one of the closing yeah. lines of the movie like it's it would have been a perfect end to the record except then they immediately follow it with a song called backseat that's like a high energy like pump up track at the end and i was like that should have been a, a b-side release later that's and named appropriately for what it should be on the album yeah like this a is backseat this should have yeah. ended yeah. Um, this should have been the closer, and I feel like the record would be better served if it was. Yeah. So with that, wait real quick. If you had Robert De Niro on this podcast, which episode would you want him to be on? If I had to choose which yeah. episode to put him on, yeah, that we already did. Oh, which one would he be the best on? I think I would choose Robert De Niro. Ooh, that's a great question, man. Yeah. Because like uh, we never did that. one about songs about slapping people with a gun. No, um, Th- that wasn't him. That was Ray Liotta. He's, I'm sure he's. I mean, yeah, that's a good guns. point. He's been in a lot of movies um, with guns. I think if I was gonna choose, hmm, I think I would want him. Jeez, ah, now it's tough for me to think. Yeah, I think I. You know what? You know what I would want Robert De Niro on. Top ten songs that make you want to dance. I was thinking the same thing. I want him on the. I dance was. Songs. I was like, we got to do something completely out of character. What's got De Niro hitting yeah. the dance floor? Yeah, that's what I want to hear. Yeah, and then we're probably just gonna find a bunch of like '60s like cabaret tunes. We've never not cabaret. What's the <laughs> one where they uh, like the girls not the strip club kind of pole dancing, but like the girls like the go go dancing kind of thing. Yeah, 
Yeah, I guess it's the same thing. Yeah, it's cabaret. Yeah, because I'm just picturing Mean Streets. Like kind of naked. Yeah, I'm picturing Mean Streets. Oh yeah, like that movie where they're like dancing like Rolling Stones songs. That's the movie I'd want to ask him about. Yeah, I borrow money from you because you're a jerk off. Yeah, like (laughs) that scene is so ridiculous. That fight scene. Yeah, where they like hit, they just like run around the bar, and then it was considered very cutting edge at the time with the camera following them. Oh, I bet. Like yeah, and then the cops come and they're all cool with each other. Yeah, that was so. That's great. And they all like, whoa, 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 whoa! Nothing's going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one said JT. What does he call Um, the mook? Yeah. Is that racist? Is that a no, racist term? No, no, it's just kind of like a calling someone like a like a goon or an idiot. Okay, I never heard that before, and I never looked it up. Yeah, yeah, okay. Mook's not racist. Okay, good, good, good. I'm glad because I just said it on here. Yeah, you're good. You're safe. Okay, okay. All right. So for with that, uh, what's your next pick for breakup song? All right, another downer. Up for number, th- up at number three for me is how English works. Is Lovell Terrace Apart by Joy Division? Uh, you know. Pretty obvious one here, but um, doesn't take away from the fact that it's a beautiful, incredible song. Very sad. Uh, very tough to think about what this person was going through when it was written. But um, it's, you know, that's part of what gives it such a lasting legacy, in my opinion. So this, um, this was released uh, as a single. Um it came out in 1980, wasn't associated with any albums because uh, they didn't have a chance to do another one. Um, it was, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, familiar with Joy Division, uh, their lead singer Ian Curtis uh, took his own life, uh, I believe that year, right? 1980? Um, short, right before this this came out. Um, he, uh, he was dial- di- diagnosed with epilepsy. Um, was already a fairly uh, depressed person to begin with, um, but uh, but just couldn't really come to terms with the medical condition and yeah, his, his and epilepsy. His would, I mean, he was having seizures on stage. Yeah, like he they were never able to tour the United States because of that. Um, so he killed himself the night before they were supposed to start their first. That's US right. Tour. Yeah, and I think it was just getting so bad that he just just didn't want people to see him that way or. It's not. It's not for me to assume, but the facts are that you know he had this disease. He was already kind of in a rough place before that, and um, and took his own life. So um, it was written about partly about the epilepsy, but also about his wife, Deborah Woodruff, uh, who he married in 1975, um, and it's reported that uh, he was going through a lot of issues with his marriage at the time. It, it rumored that it, at a gig in 1979, he met a Belgian journalist uh, named Anik uh, Honori. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. And he kind of began a relationship with her at the time, um, which obviously didn't help the marital problems. Obviously, Everybody knows your marriage... It can write the ship. You can write the ship if you start sleeping with another person. Right, yeah. That's the, the best way to you know fix your relationship with your wife is to get a mistress. Um, so, yeah. So, um, that was all... All that contributed to this. Um, you know, the lyrics are about two people who are in love, but that just notice that all a lot of the things that kind of brought you together are also the things that are driving you away from each other. Um, which is, unfortunately, probably something that a lot of people deal with. Um, maybe not everybody deals with it the same way he did, but uh, but yeah. So um, they did an interview with um, Honori um, in 2010, 
uh, and they asked her about her relationship, and she said, uh, is quoted as saying, it was a completely pure and platonic relationship, very childish, very ch- uh, chaste. I did not have a sexual relationship with Ian. He was on medication, which rendered it a non-physical relationship. So, uh, that's not really what you would say if you weren't interested in having a sexual relationship with somebody. Yeah, we didn't have a sexual relationship. Is you know, he couldn't because of the medication he was taking. So obviously we didn't. It's like, so you wanted to is what you're telling us. Just nature wouldn't allow for it. Yeah. Like, it's not like it, the effort was there. Yeah. The intent was there. Oh, believe me, we wanted to. Yeah. Like, that's basically what it sounded like. She was like denying that there's a physical relationship by saying it was physically impossible. Oh, that's such a. That's a, that's even worse. Like, oh, it no, is. we just, we like, we couldn't means, oh, yeah, you tried. A. And like it's just, yeah, that I, that would that would make it even worse for me if I was his wife. Not that she needed anything to go worse for her after that happening, all that happening. But yeah, so really rough one. Um, but uh, but one of the greatest songs ever written, in my opinion. All right, Dan, take us over to your number two pick. Number two to me, I think this is our first our first bitter angry track here. This is off of the 1995 album Jagged Little Pill. This is you ought to know. By Alanis Morissette. This is the breakup song for me. Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty if awesome. You're, if you're going with a breakup song from a woman's perspective, this is number one to me. Yeah. This is, I mean, it's so crass yeah. and angry and mm-hmm. awesome. And like, there's so much venom in how she delivers the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Like, like when she, and you thinking of me when you fucker yeah that you're like oh it's so intense and awesome yeah um so obviously this was a huge fucking hit it hit number six on the billboard charts this was a big tune yeah especially considering it is from a virtually unknown artist in america um she was known a little bit in canada before it released here but like only hit number 20 in canada oh that's not that (laughs) so while that is known that's not like a massive hit no uh, I'm sure we this, don't know who's number 20 there right now. Yeah, it blew up huge here. Um, if you don't know this, on the the personnel for this track, um, who played instruments on here, include... Oh, sorry. Include um, Alanis on vocals, obviously, and then Dave Navarro and Flea on guitar and bass, respectively, um, that they played on this track later for the tour for this album. Uh, would later be joined by the late Taylor Hawkins of oh, the Foo Fighters. That's right. That Alanis is how he Morissette's got discovered by them. That he was playing drums with Alanis Morissette and heard that Dave Grohl was looking for a drummer and left that tour to join the Foo Fighters. Smart career Which they thought was insane at the time because they were like, dude, you're playing with arguably the biggest artist in the world right now. Yeah. And you're going to come to play club dates with our shitty little band. Right. Uh, but I mean obviously as time goes he made the right decision well in addition to like going to a band that became the biggest band in the world you're not getting any songwriting credits from Alanis Morissette that's true you're being being paid as crew right so you might not even get performing credits on any of the tracks no she might not even let you perform on the record no so thankfully they did do him a solid and they made a a movie about the tour oh okay a live video so he did get at least yeah a SAG payment for it there you go um but I mean you know SAG minimums like 65k yeah, yeah so which I mean in the 90s or I mean that's what it is now I'm sure in the 90s it's probably like 30 yeah probably uh but 
at least a way for him to get a little money. Yeah. And then the live video from that became a huge hit and actually won a Grammy. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah, so really, really cool. Um, I I can't say enough about this song. It's awesome. It's supposedly about Dave Coulier. Which is the funniest um, part about is it. Is the best part about it. Like, yeah. Because Makes no sense. Uncle Joey. Fucking Uncle Joey from Full House. How could Uncle Joey do somebody so dirty that they write this song about him? Like, what sort of, like... What sort of Fifty Shades of Grey bullshit is Uncle Joey into? I want to know. That, like... That, like, this is what, like... Yeah. Also, she definitely admitted to blowing him in a movie theater. Yep. So that's a thing Uncle Joey's doing. Yep. Um, fucking how wooed, dude. Like, it is... <laughs> like, it is too much for me to know about the sexual escapades of Dave Coulier. Yeah. Even though I also kind of want to know more. Yeah, like, let's be honest. Um, so... But this song, man, it's so powerful. When it finally breaks and hits, mm-hmm. and she just lets rip with the vocals, yeah. and then it's got, like, what song has yodeling? There's yodeling in this song. I know, and it, it fits and it's, perfectly. It's in, it's the best part of the yeah. song. Get up, get up. Like, who doesn't? Yeah. She crushes like, this track. And just goes out on the vocal. Yeah. Like, it's perfect, man. It rips so hard. Great 90s tune. Yeah. Super, it definitely like, sounds like she says cross-eyed bear, though. Yeah. Which is hilarious. The cross-eyed bear that you gave to me? Yeah, like, like, like oh, it was like a stuffed animal of a bear that was cross-eyed. What a great gift. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe that's what maybe that's what drove her so insane. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> that was the move. Yeah. Um, It was my birthday, and all he got me was a cross-eyed bear. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, who didn't love... Alanis Morissette when this came out. Never heard anybody say like, a bad even, word about dude, her. Dude, like my dad loves her. Nice. Like everyone loved this loved this girl when this record came out. I mean, we still I work at the record store, man. This is out of print pretty frequently, just because everything is right now with yeah. shortages and COVID backups. But like it was easily like during Christmas time, dude, three, four a week. Yeah, why easy. not? People um, love it. It was nuts. Yeah. How much it's a classic. Everyone, everyone bought it. And it was like you would see people hit like step two. Where they would mm-hmm. start, and like, if it was like a kid that was like 16, they're buying like Taylor Swift, Olivia Rodrigo, Billie Eilish. And then the next you'd get them, they're like 18, they're buying like Mitski, they're buying Japanese Breakfast. Right. And then they're like 20, 22, and they're like Jagged Little Pill. Yeah, they're going back. Like, they're yeah. going backwards. They're now like, it's time to, yeah. now it's time to dig deeper. Now they're like, how do we need get to dig here? a little deeper? Yeah. What got us here? How did these girls get Who so are the angry? Audrey yeah. angry women. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, oh shit. Yep. And then, sure enough, then they'd go from that, and then they'd be buying. You know, they'd get Carol King. They'd get yeah, something like that. They get yeah, Fleetwood yeah, yeah. Mac. Um, mm-hmm. It was awesome to see. Nice, but uh, yeah. So with that, Dave, what is your number two pick for breakup songs? All right, up at number two for me is "Hide and Seek" by Imog- Imogen Heap. I think it's how you say it. Imogen. Is that how they sell their, say their names? Over this there is a band I have always seen the name for, and until today, had not heard. That's her first name. That's her name. Imogen. Imogen. Imogen? I is it Imogen? I don't know. They got a lot, they got weird names over there in the UK. Um, so yeah, Imogen Heap uh, was originally uh, part of a duo called Frau Frau, which had some songs that were in Garden State. If you Dude, ever saw that movie, we can't we can't talk about Let Go. Like I'll lose my mind. That's a great song. Like there was a meme recently that was just a video of this guy dancing in his house with like all these lights, and it was like millennials watching Garden State and longing for a love that never actually existed That's in 2004. Hilarious. And it's him dancing to Let to Go. Let go. Oh. And I was like. 
Oh, it was fucking all of us, dude. Why are you dragging everybody? That's so good. Like, we were all there. We all fought it. Like, That's really fucking funny. We were all equating to, like, that one girl we kissed once and yeah. how, like, she's the love of my life, man. There's beauty in the breakdown, Dan. Yeah. There's beauty oh, in the breakdown. Oh, it's such a great song. Yeah, it is. Um, so, yeah, it, this one is, too. Um, this is uh, I, one of the most music, beautiful pieces of music to come out in a long time. It's just vocals. Uh, just vocals on a, on a vocoder and synthesizer, which is cool she thought that would be the dumbest idea and that it was like too self-involved but everyone convinced her like no this is fucking awesome keep it um yeah. so uh it was released in 2005 it was the first single from her second album speak for yourself um this being a single is kind of nuts not your traditional uh sounding kind of single um the same day it was released it was also featured at, in the finale of the very famous Fox TV show, The OC. Um, so if it was on there, you know, California. everyone's buying the shit out of that that day. Everyone's <laughs> downloading that on LimeWire that night, yeah. 2005. Yeah, sure. Nobody's buying shit. Yeah. Um, it was <laughs> also, nowadays yeah. you get streams, but yeah, you not then. then. Uh, it was also used in an episode of the Saturday Night Live, um, with uh, Andy Samberg using it in, the, in a scene. Um, oh, is it that? Is this that? Mm, what shooting? you say? Yeah. Mm, what you oh say? Oh my song? god! Yeah. 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 Um, and then it became even. It, it became in another stratosphere when Jason Derulo uh, sampled it Jason for his Derulo. song. What you say? Because he didn't even change the name um, or, or from the lyrics. I saw a TikTok the other. I think it was last night actually, where some guy was like trying to see how lo- far into a song he could get before the artist says their own name and, <laughs> and it was like he's like all right here we go with 26. jason derulo it was like boom jason derulo like the second it started and he just goes all right and it cuts off <laughs> it was fucking hysterical <laughs> um but obviously like this being sampled in that song blew it up so that's what most people probably know it as not as this original version which is very stripped down very emotional um the lyrics are kind of I was on the fence with this one because there's some people that theorize it's about her parents getting divorced and not necessarily her breakup specifically, and that it's from her point of view as a child seeing the things in the house changing and, and the way that um, her life's kind of falling apart with her parents doing what they did. But she was quoted as saying that, um, let's see, uh, the quote is, it's completely open. It's full of color. It's also colorless. It's full of meaning, but it has no meaning. It has so much for you as the listener to identify with and fill in the gaps. So I think she intended it for it to be pretty ambiguous and just be about breakups from any point of view. Um, You know, with the lyrics talking about how there's things that are now missing out of place in the house that, you know, you used to have these pictures hanging here and now they're gone. You know, not very fun stuff to talk about. It's definitely one of the sadder breakup songs that you'll you'll experience. But um, sometimes you need the good cry, you know. Yeah, like it's like a it's not it's like a breakup, but also like of a, a person like left behind. Yes, it's a yeah. it's both. Yeah, like the world kept moving. Yes. Yeah. 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 All like you're still in that place, and everything else is changing around you. Things are being moved, taken out, added that are different, and that's what makes you sometimes feel worse about it. So. Um, I decided to keep it anyway because I think the ambiguous nature of her description of her lyrics means that it it's up to me. And to me, it's it's a breakup song. So I wanted to include it in here. 
Yeah, there you um, go. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, it's a sad one. But, it's your uh, world, boss. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it is our podcast. Damn it, I get to choose my five. Um, all right. So, with that, Dan, why don't you take us to your number one breakup song? All right. My number one is from a band I've discussed previously because, lyrically, I think they're borderline unmatched. Um, this is from the Mountain Goats. This is from their 2002 album titled Tallahassee. And the song is called No Children. Um, it is lyrically probably one of the most biting songs the Mountain Goats have ever written. Um, so if you don't know about the Mountain Goats, um, the singer John Darnielle um, has written about a couple on a few of their records um, that he, uh, the fans refer to as the Alpha Couple. Um, there's a bunch of songs previously where the titles with the word Alpha in them such as Alpha Incipients and Alpha Desperation March. Um, the last title, last album, or last song on the album, sorry, is titled Alpha Rat's Nest. Um, and this song is about the Alpha couple moves to a house on Southwood Plantation Road in Tallahassee, Florida. The house is falling apart, which is a metaphor for their marriage and their relationship. Um, and sick of each other themselves and their life, they decide to start drinking themselves to death. Jesus. And it is obviously, it's not a bright picture. Um, no, not at all. So not many of their songs are, though. They are not. It's very true. Um, and it's a song that really, it's got, a, it's got a silliness to it a little, I think, um, just because the lyrics are so dark. Um, yeah. You know, I hope I die. I hope we both die. Um, that it, it comes a little goofy at first. I hope the worst isn't over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think some of the lyrics on here are so drastic and so intense that I love them so much, man. Like the lyric of, uh, I hope that if I get the strength to walk out, you'll stay the hell out of my way. That's like, and then uh, I'm drowning and there's no sign of land. You're coming down with me hand in unlovable hand. That's just a... A dark, like, we're sinking, man. Yeah. And I hope you die. Like, we need to get the fuck away from each other. Yeah. Like, this is going to kill us both. Yeah. And I feel like that realization is really dark, but, you know, sometimes you have those realizations. Yeah, of, of course. Yeah. Of this is fucking toxic. Like, this is this is killing me, and it's probably killing you. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, just that, that realization of like, what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah. Like, what, it, why are we still doing this? It makes no sense. And, you know, it's like Chewbacca who lives on the seventh moon of Endor <laughs> with the Wookiees. May the fourth be with, with you, Dan. With the May Ewoks. The be with <laughs> and he's from the moon of Kashyyyk. Yes. And just like Chewbacca living on the seventh moon of Endor, it doesn't make sense. This song makes no sense. And that's just all I have to say. You know, the, the defense rests. Yeah. So Dave. What is your number one pick for breakup song? Yeah, I, wait. I had a question. So, in the beginning of a new right. hope, do you think that somehow R two D two sabotages that other droid so he gets picked? Like, does R two? Yeah, absolutely. But how does he do that? Does he have like telekinetic robot powers? No. So, hmm. Like, it I seems think... very clearly that he makes that happen. So you see the droids sitting there, and then malfunction, mm-hmm. seemingly. By R2-D2. But you couldn't see, because of the angle you had, you couldn't see if his little robot arm came out, did something to him. 
I'm gonna watch it again. I think there's there's some deeper level to R two D two, even deeper than we than he already is. Do you think R two D two is also a Darth Vader? I think he, yeah, I think he has like force powers somehow. No, I mean that there is a tiny, oh, Jedi inside of him. One of the kids, like Darth Vader. One of the little kids. No, or didn't like die you know, away. or a man, yeah, like a youngling that got like yeah. preserved in R two D two. In one of those, like the uh, Goosebumps episode where they preserved them in the giant Tupperware. Or like he's in, he's in like forever. a floaty tank, like Darth Vader is. Yeah, sometimes. that's what I think. Yeah, that's what inside of R two D two. That's what definitely happened. What if he's just a head? That's creepier, right? Like Krang. Yeah, dude, like yeah. Krang. Like, oh, man. I think we figured that it out. That would make so much more sense for how things for that went that one that way. little scene. Yeah. <laughs> or just or a lot of Star Wars. Just, just like, yeah. how the fuck is he never getting shot? How is he never yeah, he getting was always he always managed to just get away from everything. Yeah. Oh, There's dude. a tiny little Krang. Yeah, tiny Krang inside of him. A Krang Vader. In just like Jedi the, man, the man who legitimately is inside and driving him. Mm-hmm. Um, the actor who plays R two D two. Yeah, that would be that would like. Have been fun. What if like that is what is like that's what R two D two is. I think that is a great theory. But he's also like a technical genius, which is insane. And yeah. he can ta- speak robot languages. I mean, so is Luke Skywalker, right? He can fly the planes. He never learned how to do that shit. Yeah, he, he just T sixteens shooting the Womp Rats. Yeah, but I mean, no, like a fucking actual like. Spaceship. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. You know I mean like they talk about how he like became this? He was this great pilot and like. Yeah, he literally went from the the little like yeah, pod speeder. racers to that. Yeah, because of his force powers, man. R two D two is the same. He can That's just, true. They can just he learn can just faster. meld with machines. That's true. He can sense their currents. So with that, yeah. <laughs> what's your uh, what's your number one pick for a breakup? Speaking of breakups, uh, all right. Well, you're not going to believe this, everybody, but I'm about to bring us back up. Speak of breakups, let's break this shit up. Yeah, <laughs> let's break up this this conversation. Um. Up at number one for me is Dancing on My Own by Robin. The most upbeat track we'll have so far. Um, it is a dance track. It's a straight up club club track. Um, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. I cannot believe that it took me almost a full year to get Robin into a list. She's one of my favorite artists in the world. And this is this is her biggest song. Um, it's just, it, it's... For good reason too. I mean, I love that ultra square wave synth. Yes, like that's it's one of my favorite. It's the whole reason to watch the movie Drive. Yeah, it's just like square wave synths, man. Yeah, they're all over it. Oh, like, absolutely, yeah. Clint, Clint was just like, what's his name? Clint Marstall, Clint Mansell. Guy did the soundtrack for it, but like oh, he was yeah, just like, I yeah, I love square, I love square wave synths, and yeah. I'm just putting them all over. It's beautiful. I love yeah. them too. That's why. I, well, I make all kinds of ways with that, but yeah. Um, See, this came out on her, on her 2010 record. Uh, it was the lead single from it. Uh, her fifth studio album was called Body Talk, Part 1. Um, it has been referred to as her signature song, a gay anthem, and the ultimate sad banger, uh, which I think is the actual... Yeah, that's the real... That's the real one. The real the, title. The ultimate sad banger. Ultimate sad banger. So they used to call me back in college. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm just joking. I didn't go. <laughs> so, R2D2. Um, in 2021, Rolling Stone redid their 500 greatest songs of all time list, and this was number 20. Damn. Yes, very high up on that. This um, is pretty like this is a pretty low key track for Rolling Stone. Yeah. Like it wasn't recorded by Bob Dylan in the 90s. I'm surprised. Right. They yeah. Yeah. Right. This. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> um. So. 
Robin at the time when she was writing it was uh, engaged to a Swedish MMA fighter and artist named the anime fighter MMA maybe oh. I said anime yes he was a cartoon <laughs> fight which me is part senpai of, which is part of what made this <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's The dudes that date like the e-girls or whatever it's called. Like that we can't go down that right <laughs> Anyway, so a body pillow. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, Dan. Alright, so she was dating a guy she was engaged to a guy named Olaf Inger, and the relationship was falling apart. And this was partly about that. The lyrics are very much like, Hey, I'm here, I'm seeing you moving on with somebody else, and I just came to buy to say it's never we're never getting back together again, essentially. Um she had actually come up with a lot of the ideas because um, it, she, lyrically she wanted it to be a sad song because that's she just thought that that was easier to convey at the time. Uh, she's a very interesting person when you hear her talk. She referred to Honey as Become one time in an interview, which I thought was hilarious. Um, her too? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and the... The rest of the inspiration from the song came from her going and dancing at gay clubs and other, um, uh, like, clubs uh, while touring the U.S. in support for her album before that. Um, can't believe I was able to collect myself. But, uh, <laughs> and uh, you can clearly hear the club influence in here. And, and um, you know, what part of the reason why it became such a gay anthem is because she was really a part of their, like, club scene for a long time. And... She's a very ambiguous-looking person, which I think makes it easier to identify for a lot of people in that world. I don't know. I, I'm not going to assume anything, but it's been referred to that. Um, it's just, it's just awesome. Like she's such an awesome singer and songwriter. Her music is incredible. Everything she puts out, like she put out "Honey," what like three years ago. I was going to say she's at least three decades deep in having hits. Yeah, dude. Her first. She, so, for those of you who don't know, she her first record came out in the '90s. She also had a song called Show Me Love, in addition to Robin S., who I talked about in Dance Tracks episode. Robin S., Show Me Love, and Robin, Show Me Love. Both released in 1996. Don't know how, but that's what happened. That's the world we live in. Yeah. We just have to... We, we all have to adjust. Um, yeah, so yeah, she's, she's, been a, she's been a huge like pop person. She started out as, in her teens, right, with that first record. Yeah. Then kind of transitioned more into this more like adult sound, and it's fantastic. Everything she puts out is great. Um, I'm glad I was in, able to include uh, a happy breakup song in here, and so it wasn't just all depressing stuff. Um, and I'm glad that was how we rounded out the list. Yeah, man. Um, Go out on top. Yeah, exactly. Because that's how everybody should look at their breakups. You know, it's not forever. It's, it's a temporary thing. It's a roadblock for your next great step in whatever you walk in yeah there's light at the end of the tunnel absolutely yeah have yourself a good cry yeah a good scream yep get it all out and then dance yourself clean yeah Ooh. see what it did there i did i really liked it i really liked it all right cool so this was um more fun to talk about than i was expecting so that's good (laughs) hopefully it's more fun to listen to than you think of when you hear breakup songs or when you read that in the in the description so um let us know what you thought. Let us know what your favorite breakup songs are uh, on social media. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Tell us about your favorite breakup and why it happened. Yeah. Tell us what you <laughs> did wrong. <laughs> um, be- whoever has the best reason for why they got broken up for uh, will win that shower bar, I promised, for my trunk. Dude. <laughs> 
please somebody do something so i can get rid of this fucking i'm also going to enter the contest so you better your story better be good yeah all right so yeah like and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app so you're kept up to date on the new episodes when they are released and it helps us know how many of you are out there and how many of you are listening so dan tell everyone where they can find us all right you can find us on twitter and instagram under at dnd music factory that's the letter D, the letter N, and the letter D again, followed by Music Factory. Uh, you can find me personally at, at Lukewarm Steve Austin on Instagram and D.